Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here with Mark Sewick. Mark, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you kick it off? Tell our listeners who you are and where you're from. Uh, I'm from Rochester, New York. Um, I've been selling real estate for 30 some years, enjoying it immensely. It wasn't the career that I really thought I was going to, but it turned out to be a real boom for me. So um, I've got a team of 11 people. We are very close knit. I think it's one of the reasons for our success um, and enjoy going to work each and every day. Awesome. And what got you into the real estate industry? I didn't know what else I was going to do. I literally had no idea. I'm the first person from my family to go to college. They told me, go to get, go get a degree. Any degree, the world will be your oyster. Um, so I get a degree in political science. I'm mm-hmm. laden with all sorts of debt. And I realized that getting a degree in political science is not the means by which one creates a career. Unless, of course, yeah. you're living in Washington, D.C. or something like that. So out of necessity, I just started looking around me. Who did I know who was successful and how were they making their money? And everybody that I knew who was dressing beautifully, everybody that I knew who uh, was driving a great car, they were all in real estate. So I thought, all right, well, you know what? Anybody seems to be able to get a real estate license. Let me give that a try. Yeah. And well, uh, through dumb luck, I fell into it. There you go. I think that the exterior look of success attracts a lot of people to real estate. So (laughs) you are, you're in good company there. And to give our listeners some context, uh, what was your transaction volume last year with your, you and your team? Uh, Last year we did, I believe 59 million, but this year is a very different year. So we've already written contracts uh, totaling 62 million so far this year. We're on track to do somewhere between 75 and 80 million. Amazing. A lot of growth. And what advice would you give to a real estate broker who might be hovering around 20 million? They have a starting to build their team. And they really want to level up. They want to go to 40, 50 million. Uh, you know, what kind of advice would you give them? Surround yourself with the best people that you possibly can. It's all about creating a really great team. And then it's probably about seven or eight years ago that I started working with a coach. And instead of having at that point in time, seven or eight members of a team working toward that common goal individually, as a result of working this coach, we became one team with one goal and we moved forward together and the results mm. have just been spectacular. I mean, that's really, I think the biggest thing that we did that just put us right over the top. 
That's fascinating. So what does that look like as far as an action item? I mean, are you doing weekly brainstorm sessions? Are your goals written on the wall? Um, you know, how, how are you all getting on the same page? It's, it's difficult to get an entire team working towards one goal. So how's it done? I think it's less that and more about focusing on the humanity of the person sitting across the table from you or um, at, the desk, at the desk next to you. And our philosophy is really all about family first. So during COVID, we made sure that the moms in particular, just go home, take care of your kids, and we'll figure it out. And they were taking care of their kids. And they were doing that. They were teaching their kids. They were taking care of their kids. And I wasn't hearing from them uh, very often from nine until five. But boy, oh boy, seven o'clock at night, um, Sunday night at 1130, Thursday evenings, you know, they were there and they were putting in the hours. And so we began to realize that if you're taking care of the people around you, they're going to put in the extra effort. So uh, we have unlimited amount of uh, days that they can take off during the course of the year. But they know that if they're taking off three weeks in the month of April, the busy time of the year, um, it's probably not going to go real well for the other members of the team. So, so we just, we give a lot of free reign and we embrace those around us. And you're discussing the relationship with your team members, right? The with my team members. This is all about team members. Right. So the mothers that are real estate agents on your team yes. and allowing them yes, a lot of flexibility yeah. in their time. Got it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And throughout your journey in either real estate or business, what's been the most important single action that you've taken on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success? I'm going to go back to my team again, making sure that the team is really well taken care of. But if you're taking really good care of your team, then you're going to have a group of individuals who genuinely care about the well-being of the client. And we play to the strengths of the member of the team. So if we're taking care of our employees, our employees are taking care of. And so we had uh, one of our employees today, Cam, sat with uh, an elderly couple they were in their early 80s and he was he sat with them for two and a half hours filling out listing documents it's a 15 or a 20 minute process but they were scared and they had a lot of concerns if you're focused on the well-being of people in general you're going to do well in this industry great advice it's all about relationships yes it is i'm curious then you know a team that's growing towards that 80 million mark what's your percentage of referral business to new business so like 80 20 percent of our business is referral based Oh, wow. So do you have some systems in place that increase the amount of referrals that you get? Well, it goes back to those relationships that you mentioned just a moment ago. So we keep in very, very, very close contact with our client base. So um, a few weeks ago, we took 250 of our clients to a baseball game. Coming uh, This coming November, we're going to deliver 1,000, well, actually 1,100 or 1,200 pies to clients in the week before Thanksgiving. This past February, we gave out coffee mugs with a chocolate bomb. You know, you pour hot water over the top and the bomb melts and you get a nice cup of um, of hot chocolate. Um, So just taking care of, you know, we were looking for COVID throwing a wrench at us a little bit. We used to get together with our clients a lot more socially. We've had to, as a result of COVID, find other means by which we can keep in touch with our clients. But we're looking forward to next year where we're going to go back to having big parties and picnics. You know, you get a merry-go-round or a Ferris wheel and like, you know, really just sort of over the, over the top stuff. But if you're doing it frequently and throughout the year, your clients are going to think about you and they're grateful and they're appreciative and you develop a relationship and then they're going to refer their other family and their friends. Amazing. And speaking of COVID, where do you think the industry is heading? You know, what are your five, 10 year projections? This, this pandemic has absolutely accelerated the adoption of technology for the industry. And I'm curious what your projections are. No one has a crystal ball. But, well, you know, let me go back a few years. Think? I got myself into trouble a few years ago because 
every journal article, every seminar that you went to, every book that you read was all about technology. And we focused so much on technology that we started losing track of the relationships with our clients. And so once we began to see the problem that we we're having, we began to utilize technology as a tool, not as a crutch. And that was transformative. And so uh, once we began contacting our clients again and really embracing them, that was transformative. So where are we headed? I think you're just going to see more and more technology, but I think that it's going to become increasingly difficult for the individual agent to break into the business. And I think the teams are just going to take over larger and larger and larger um, uh, amounts of business. So my advice to somebody who's just starting the business, see if you can find a great mentor, see if you can find a great team that you can join. Got it. Yeah, that's good advice. And I do agree that you know, technology that enhances the ability to leverage and develop relationships is the type of technology that one should be using, not technology that's meant to replace the relationship or automate the conversation or the negotiation. So yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with that being said, the, the local professional that has you know great customer service will always be in need. And uh, I tend to agree with you there. So when it comes to lead generation, I'm curious yeah. if you have like one source that's just amazing other than referrals. Of course, it's amazing to get a referral phone call from, you know, your best client for his brother and it's a laydown sale. But for a lot of brokers that are attempting to get to that next level, they're interested in how they can spend their marketing dollars. And right. so I'm, re I'm really curious if you have, you know, a suggestion to that question, something that's worked really well for you. I don't have one. Let's go back to the, the notion that 78% of our business is referral-based. That's only 22%. But when you look at our numbers at the end of the year, the business comes from also. So I sit on a lot of different boards. Uh, my partner sits on a lot of different boards. So we get a lot of relocation business as a result of the boards that we sit on, but also as a result of, um, well, I, I often think of myself as having two jobs. The first job, I sold real estate from nine in the morning until 7.30 at night. The second job, seven o'clock at night, 7.30 at night, I'm either attending a fundraiser or hosting a fundraiser. There's a cocktail party at the house or a dinner party uh, at our place. We're going to be hosting up something, um, a Labor Day picnic. And there'll be 200 people at that Labor Day. I think just relying on our network and our friends, that's the biggest source of referrals uh, that we've got. So it seems like events. Events. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of events because you're, you know, you're face to face, you're in touch with people. So then we go back to, and, and it's sort of interesting because it really has evolved. It used to be all about sending out newsletters and I used to do that four five, six times a year to a growing database. But then we started to supplement that because it's expensive. We've cut down on that. We only do that twice a year, but now every other week I'm emailing a blog to about 63,000 uh, local residents. That's gone very, very well. But then we added on top of that, the podcast, uh, which we record now every single week. And then the events that you mentioned. And uh, and we just actually hired a videographer. And we're going to be the first person locally to have a videographer uh, who is going to capture these events and film our new listings and create video documentaries of the new listings. So we just keep adding and adding and adding. And you just never know where the business is going to come from. Awesome. And, you know, speaking about your listings and how you present them, I know in today's market with low inventory, it's pretty easy to, to sell a house, but, you know, what are you doing to, to leverage digital marketing to, you know, position your listings in the best light? You mentioned video. Are you running any video view campaigns on social media in order to expand the reach past your sphere? You know, that's one example, but is there any type of digital strategy behind, you know, how you're promoting your listings? 
I think the greatest, so, so we do 3D tours of all of our listings, regardless of the price mm-hmm. point. So if it's a, the average sale price of a home here in the Rochester region is about $180,000. So it doesn't matter whether it's a $150,000 listing or a $1 million listing, we're going to do the 3D tour and people love those. And then we take those 3D tours and we very often will place them on social media. I've got 4,960 friends or thereabouts on Facebook. Um, and then the team page has a lot of friends. And then I'm emailing to the 63,000 people every week or every other week. So just getting the information out there. And with technology, it's so inexpensive. Once you buy the email list, you've got the ability to distribute to a very, very large number of people uh, very quickly and very inexpensively. Yeah, it's true. I'm curious what you do for your clients that no one else does. And and I ask this question because, you know, there's sometimes there's some secret sauce in some of the just details or or there's one thing that really makes your brand unique. So do you have anything like that, that you can, you know, we only we're the only ones in the market that does this? Like is, is there any uh claim to fame there? I'm repeating myself, but I think it's the degree to which we reach out to our clients. So for two weeks from today, we've got 18 clients nine different couples that I'm going to be taking to dinner just to say thank you for uh, for a great transaction. And so rather than just giving them a gift certificate or a gift card, sometimes it's just that face-to-face, personal, one-on-one. But, but I think doing it over and over and over again, I think a good example would be uh, maybe during COVID. You know, we're all sitting around trying to figure out what the hell to do because we've had all this time. We don't know what to do. And so I started calling clients just to check in with them, just to find out how they're doing. And, and I was finding as I was making 25, 30, 35 calls a week that there were probably three, four, five clients every week who were in a really, really bad place emotionally. And so I started baking bread and I would bring over a loaf of bread with a small car to these people. And sometimes it's it, sometimes it's not the big, grand, expensive gesture, like taking 250 people to a ball game. Sometimes it's really just baking a loaf of bread and writing a note or a card and then dropping it off to a client's house. Yeah. And once again, going back to relationship building. And yeah. like you said, not to repeat yourself, but it seems like everything revolves around that. Yes, everything. The technology is great because it helps me to keep it all organized, but it's not a crutch and it can't be a crutch. Right. So it's easy to see that you focus on relationships and experience success through that. But I'm curious about any failures along the way that really set you up for that later success. You mentioned in the past using technology as a crutch. Um, do you have like a favorite failure of yours? Something that really just taught you a lesson or, or set you up for later success? You know what? I'm, I'm constantly failing. I'm constantly falling on my face. Um, but what's really nice is as you're growing, you know, you had asked earlier what my advice would be to uh, to somebody who's selling 20 million and wants to grow to 40 or 50. Again, surround yourself with really great people because as I fall on my face, if I make a mistake, I've empowered the people around me to tell me that. You've got to have people around you who are willing to say that you screwed up. And then you've got to have the ability to, uh, to pick yourself up, look yourself in the mirror and really look hard and question what what do they do wrong and and what will I do not to repeat that or make that same mistake in the future. And again, I think the most glaring, you know, it was just a couple of years ago when when I did, as I said, rely on technology and I wasn't making my phone calls and I wasn't reaching out because we had email that was doing all that. And I can't remember the name of the product, but there's this great product where you dial the uh, phone number and you never speak to your client because you're always automatic. uh, You're always connected to their voicemail. And I was using that a lot and it was a great crutch, but we paid and we suffered. Mm, Interesting. So in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? I think 
<laughs> the process of growing older. Hmm. And that may not be what you were looking for, but I think what I really enjoyed, and it's nothing that you have to really work at, but if you're working at yourself daily, and if you're exercising, and if you're focusing on your relationships with your family and your friends, and you focus on your business, um, and you're educating yourself and reading a lot of books, then the process of growing older will, because you you gain wisdom as you grow older. And I am a far more calm person today than I was five, and let alone uh, 10 or 15 years ago. So I think just the process of growing older, embracing it, and knowing that you're going to be able to view things from a different perspective. I think it's not advice so much as it's an observation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, you don't have to wait till you're older to focus on family and your body and health and relationships. Uh, yeah, it's available to everyone today. So it's a, a great learning lesson. I appreciate you sharing yeah, that. Yeah, you should definitely be focused on that as much and find the balance because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you, you've got to and you got to have a great partner. You got to have a great spouse, <laughs> a great a husband, a great wife who's willing to allow you to make the phone call or take the phone call in the middle of dinner. Um, yes, you know, you need to care about time for your family, but boy, there are a lot of intrusions in this industry and we all know it. And, uh, and so you got to find the right spouse. Yep, absolutely. And talking about intrusions and, you know, different choices that we need to make on a daily basis, what's your process for evaluating what to say no to? It's more of a gut feeling. Erin, one of the uh, members of my team, she and I were in a listing appointment three weeks ago and just very, and we hardly ever do this, just a very, very difficult um, prospective seller. And um, we weren't interested in working with that individual. And it was really just a gut feeling. We did not want all the time wasted working with that one individual, time that we knew that we would be taking away from the other clients whose company we enjoyed. So I think it's really more gut than anything. Otherwise, I think that my team, like I'm always and forever trying new ideas. And I think it's my team who forces me to say no with some frequency because they want to focus on absorbing the latest technology or the latest process. And if left to my own advices, we'd always and forever have something new uh, that we'd be trying. So, <laughs> Yep. And that is a uh, tough thing to conquer is that shiny object syndrome. Yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> so... What are some bad recommendations you hear given to other real estate professionals? I think one of the worst is when agents are starting brand new, I think that brokers so often are interested in hiring as many new prospective bodies as they can, that they're not honest with them about what the failure rate is or what it is that um, that one needs to do. So I, I sit down with somebody, I would imagine every four to six weeks throughout the course of the year, I'm sitting down with somebody who wants to become a real estate agent and they want advice. And I'd say that 80 to 90% of the time I tell people not to bother because they just don't seem to be cut from the right cloth. They don't have a large enough database or they they don't seem to have the spark. Or the, and, and I don't think that, that brokers are honest enough with new uh, agents in general. Hmm. Interesting. So I think just the more direct and honest, and it's not meant to be unkind, it's just the opposite. It's meant to, to be respectful of, of whomever it is that you're having a conversation with, because if they're not going to make it, better to find out today before they spend several thousand dollars getting their license, signing on with a brokerage, and then the loss of income that, that occurs over a two-year period of time before they eventually walk away from the industry in debt. So, Yeah, no, great tip. I mean, 
so easy like we talked about at the very beginning to look at real estate like this money printing machine and i feel like when anyone is getting into some new industry it seems like the grass is greener from what they're doing right now this is going yeah. to be so much easier faster better gonna make more money put in less effort put in less time and then you make the leap which probably a part of that is good for the human condition because it gets us over the fear and we can then make the leap to do this new thing but with that as a double-edged sword because when you're looking at everything through a rose-colored pair of glasses and then you get into the industry and realize it's way more work than you thought it costs way more money it takes way more time then it can set you up for failure so i think that's a great yeah. point yeah just yeah. be honest with people be really direct so yeah well i'm curious if you have any quotes that you live by no quotes that i live by no but I do, that's a great question. But I do ask myself, and it's a variation on the theme, there's a local grocery store that, that I think has some renown. It's Wegmans. Have you heard of Wegmans? Probably not. No, no. Yeah. They don't have yeah, them Wegmans here. Wegmans is one of these like cult grocery stores. There are, there are a hundred of them throughout the Northeast and uh, they continue to grow and they're privately owned. So a buddy of mine, Danny, owns um, this chain of grocery stores and they're known for their customer service. And so whenever it is that I've got a problem or I'm at a crossroads or there's a decision that's important, I always ask myself, what would Danny do? Because inevitably, whatever it is that he would end up doing, it's the right answer. And so I asked myself that question. And then I got a dear friend, her name is Lauren. She owns um, a local ad agency with um, you know 100 some employees. And she's also very, very focused on growing her business. And she's always one of the top 10 companies to work for in the United States, that kind of thing. And I always ask myself, what would, what would Lauren do? And I think about what they would do and I come to the right answer. And, and I'm always grateful for asking myself that question. So no quotes that I'm living by, uh, but definitely you know an exercise that I run through in my mind. So yeah, no, that's a great exercise. I'm yeah. curious if you have any book recommendations, like one to three books that have greatly influenced your life or career. Oh, God. So um, Delivering Happiness is really one of my... Have you read that? I mean, you must have read it. No, I have not. Oh, my God. I'm going to send you a copy. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, awesome. It's probably the best business book. So um, it's the guy who founded Zappos Shoes. And... Every year, usually in the month of August, I would fly down to Costa Rica for a one-week yoga retreat. Just go by myself, clear my head after the spring market, and I, I would read three, four books, and then come back, and then I would always choose one that my team and I would read. And that one was probably the most beloved of the books that, that they've read. And it really just talks about creating great customer service. And I've read that, and I've reread it several times because it's just so great. You know, there's Phil Knight's uh, biography. Bob Iger, Iger from Disney just put out his biography or his memoirs a while ago. That was really great. I like uh, Branson's books, his biographies, Richard Branson's. I think they've been really good. And then I can't remember the name. Oh, Peak. Peak is also really a, a great book. And it talks about Maslow's pyramid, a uh, hierarchy of needs. And on the base of that pyramid, you know, are the base needs that we all need as human beings. You need shelter and you need food and you need water and you need to be protected. And then the layer above that is, well, Maybe you'd actually like a blanket or a bed in which to, and you go up the pyramid 
And when you get to the top of the pyramid, these iconic businesses and companies like a Ritz Carlton or a Four Seasons Hotel, they get to the point in terms of the service that they're providing that they take you up to the top of the pyramid and they are providing you experiences um, and needs that you didn't even realize or recognize that you might have. And so they're, they're surprising you with great service when you go to and stay at some of these hotels. And so that's a really great one in terms of trying to um, provide great service for your customers. So again, I guess I'm drawn to, you know, this whole notion of customer service. So awesome. Yeah. Those are some great recommendations. First What's like, yours? I got to ask. I got to turn the table here. <laughs> uh, I would highly suggest Psycho-Cybernetics for anyone that hasn't read it. It's the perception of a, a plastic surgeon on the importance of self-image oh. because he, he realized that he could fix someone's facial deformity or complete a nose job. But if they hadn't worked on their their psychology and their internal self-image, they would look in the mirror and still see the, the crooked nose. So they would look in the mirror and they would still see, you know, the deformity on their face. And so it talks about the importance of self-image and the applicability in business is massive because if you have a ceiling above you that you've set for yourself, it's kind of like Tony Robbins says, it's a thermometer. You set the thermostat to 72, meaning yeah, 72,000 a year, that's what you're comfortable making. And then one year you break it and go to 80, well, your thermostat will bring you back down to 72. So you yeah. gotta break through those self-limiting beliefs and Psycho-Cybernetics is a great personal development book. It's one of the ones that's been around since like the fifties, you know? Wow. So uh, yeah, classic and uh, highly recommend That sounds great. I'm reading wow. right now Atomic Habits. That's oh, nice. a really great one. Um, habit, yeah. habit stacking, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that's great. And actually, I just read when I talked earlier about, you know, because I've cha- I started to change the culture of the team where we don't have um, a set number of days that one can take. And my staff, if there's a problem, they have the ability to just spend $1,000 taking care of whatever problem it is. They don't need to ask me for it. And that's all as a result of uh, Reed Hastings' book that he wrote last year, I think, on the culture of Netflix. And so mm-hmm. that, that one's another good one. So there's always something like, there's a lot of good stuff out there. It's got to weed through it. There is. And that's why I asked that question. Great recommendations. Thank you. Yeah, um, thank you. Thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, do you have a single investment that was just amazing? Like what's one of the best investments you've ever made? And it can actually be non-monetary, but it could be something yes. monetary. Like this, there's this duplex that just, what you know, whatever it is. I'm Are curious. I'm going to bifurcate the answer into two sections. One is the obvious. I own a lot of rental property. So I think that each and every rental property is just a great investment because even if you've made a mistake, if you hold on to it for a long enough period of time, time heals all wounds. So I think just, you know, if you're in the business of, of helping people buy and sell real estate, you're an expert, you should invest in your expertise. So yep. um, that's great. But the non-monetary response is, I think the best investment that I've made was the coach that I mentioned earlier, um, who took you know, seven or eight disparate individuals who all, who are all working toward a goal and created a team who are all working toward a goal. And I've hired him on several occasions. And I think, I think it's a huge benefit to have a really, really great coach. And, and, and this isn't a real estate coach because I haven't had much luck or success with real estate coaches. You know, perhaps I've just hired the wrong real estate coaches, but I haven't been impressed with those that I've met. Uh, but this was just a general business coach. And the way that I actually found him was I just started dialing the phone um, locally and I called 20 friends who were presidents of C- or CEOs of companies. And I asked how many of them had worked with coaches. And I think the number was 16 of them had worked with coaches. 
And this one guy, Jim Mann, his name came up as a recommendation for uh, for three or four people. And boom, I called and we've worked together several times and that was a great investment. Wow. That's an awesome recommendation. Yeah. Have you worked with a coach? Many. <laughs> and yes. have you had good luck with them? Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, coaching to me is second nature because I played sports growing up. So it just makes sense to have a coach if you want to get better at something. Tiger Woods arguably best golfer in the world for a very long period of time. He had a coach, right? Yeah. It's like, yep. you, you don't, you don't get to these levels without it. And uh, the way I look at it is you can work on yourself to a certain degree. You can read books, you can focus, you can meditate, you can pray, you can do the things, but until you have somebody who you look up to holding you accountable, you'll never really achieve your full potential. So I absolutely agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at the Olympics, you know, we're in the middle of the Olympic season right now. There's not a member of any Olympic team that isn't currently working with a coach. Simone Biles, the greatest of all time. She's got her coach standing right next to her. So, yeah. so actually that's one of the things I'm working at right now is to try and find my next coach. And I'm actually looking for this time around a real estate coach. And I'm hoping that I might have some better luck or success. Nice. Well, I might have a recommendation for you on that. Uh, I know a phenomenal one. And with that being said, I have a question for you that is about overwhelm, you know, being unfocused because it's so easy in this world to be unfocused or overwhelmed or, you know, gosh, you have a million things going on and then your phone rings and then this and that. So what question do you ask yourself when you're in that state to get back on track? I wish that I had a better answer for you. I was so evolved that I could answer the question and say, here's the question. But I will tell you that in the moment, I'm not good at that. But in general, the practice of yoga. Mm. So I just had rotator cuff surgery two weeks ago, and I haven't actually been practicing yoga for the past six months. And so I'm finding it difficult because yoga brought a calm and a tranquility and a centering that I really found incredibly helpful when, when you're being inundated from all sides with phone calls and text messages and emails and requests on the part of buyers and sellers and staff. So I, I've got to get back to my, my yoga practice, but I've also, and it's one of these things that I, I, I've procrastinated on, but I really do need to commit to a meditation practice so that I can actually, so the next time you ask me that question, I actually have a better answer. <laughs> well, I think it's common. Yoga is something that I discovered pretty early in life, just growing up in California, I have three sisters, they were doing yoga. And so in high school, I went to a couple classes and I ended up loving it. So I don't practice as much as I should and would like to, but it is immensely helpful for that overall feeling of calm, uh, just not letting things get under your skin and just having, having such a centered outlook on the world. And it, it's so amazing for getting in touch with what's really important. So. Yeah, that was a reminder for me. So thanks for sharing that. Like, oh, maybe I should start doing yoga again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been told, unfortunately, that I will never practice yoga in the way that I have up until now. So I'm going to have to modify, but um, I'm still going to get into the studio six months from now. And, you know, even if it's a, uh, a less aggressive form of yoga, I'm really looking forward to it. Right. Absolutely. Well, is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? No, I mean, I just, there, there is one thing that we didn't touch on that, that I think is important. And that's the notion of philanthropy. And I've, I've got to say, I come from very, very modest um, means. My dad was a cop. I think I may, I may have mentioned, maybe I didn't. In the city of Buffalo, five of us grew up on a 900 square foot ranch. And 
as I started to make a little bit of money and have a little bit of success, I started to give back to the community in a very, very modest way. And it's one of these odd paradoxes, but the more that you give back, and I know I sound like a Hallmark card or something, but the more that you give back, the more that um, you enjoy in return. So we are constantly chairing fundraisers and we're constantly attending fundraisers. And I, I would say that 52 weeks out of the year, we probably, a dozen, a 12 Saturday nights out of the year, we are at a fundraiser and we give back you know, significantly to the community. But you know what ends up happening? People end up looking to you. Actually, there's a, there's a local cancer center in town. I did, I chaired a fundraiser two years ago for a uh, Gilda's club, the local Gilda club. And we now receive an inordinate number of referrals from doctors who are moving into Rochester from outside of the area who are starting um, in the oncology center uh, that I just referenced. And that's because two years ago, and I didn't do it, do, it, do it for any other reason other than it was the right thing to do. Two years ago, we went ahead, we chaired this event, and now we get all those dots as referrals. And so um, if you do have a little bit of money, I do think that with success comes responsibility. You should give back, but you'll end up finding out that, my God, you will re- reap a bounty in return. So, <laughs> Yeah, great suggestion and very true. It, it really is true that the amount that you give back is returned to you tenfold. It really is. It really is. Yeah. So I mean, you know, people are slapping on the back, like, "Oh my god, I can't believe how generous you are." And then, but I always turn as like, "You have no idea." And again, I know I sound like a hallmarker. You have no idea how much I enjoy in return. So anyway, right. How can listeners contact you? Probably, let's see. My website. It's uh, markseewick.com. So I've uh, been saddled with a name that is not particularly easy to uh, to pronounce or spell, but it's M A R K. S-I-W-I-E-C.com, M-A-R-K-S-I-W-I-E-C, or on my phone number, um, 585-330-8750. Awesome. You've been very generous. Mark Seawick, everyone, top real estate broker and just an overall awesome human. I think you touched on some great things and giving back, you know, getting your entire team tied into the same goal, treating them like humans with respect, letting them have infinite time off if they need it, and really just creating an awesome place to work up there in the Northeast. So thank you so much for being on the show. I I think that my listeners got a lot of value from this episode. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Continued success. um, And I look forward to seeing how your world is going to grow. And I have a feeling this is just the beginning for you. So keep going, bud. And thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.